Welcome back to Random Trek, the podcast in which I, your host, Scott McNulty, discuss a random episode of Star Trek with a non-random guest. My guest today is Kathy Campbell. Kathy, thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I am based out of the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I am a unicorn in the sense that I help small businesses um, take control of their business instead of their business running them. You can find me at the Unicorn Sidekick. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter as at Mrs. Soup. Feel free to follow me, hang out, say hi, uh, whatever you want. And I was recently in the Pacific Northwest. My wife, Marisa, is from Portland, Oregon. Uh, and so we went there for uh, a couple weeks and uh, went to the Oregon coast, which is very different than uh, the East Coast yes. here. Uh, it's, it's very lovely. Now, we talked a little bit before um, on, on the Slack and uh, when I invited you on. Uh, so I kind of know the answer to this question. But would you consider yourself a Star Trek fan? I am a fan in that I enjoy them when I view them. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not a fanatic, uh, but I'm not like an anti-Star Trek person, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. It does. There are some anti-Star Trek people out there. And generally, right? when, I, when I ask them to be on my Star Trek podcast, they say, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, at least they're saying thank you. Yes. That's always a plus. It's, it's, they are very polite. <laughs> As opposed to sweary words. <laughs> um, I the the next generation is my series i guess mm-hmm. um it's the one that i've seen the most episodes of i have a huge place in my heart for picard oh. uh, he is my captain oh captain my captain <laughs> thing you know how people have the doctor that is their doctor which by the way david tennant is my doctor um but picard is my my man in charge um <laughs> and so that is the series that i've seen the most of and I've seen all of the movies that are related to that as well. Um, in fact, I was working at a movie theater when Nemesis came out. Hmm. And uh, so I watched that multiple times because it was free for, for me. free. I was going to say, hopefully, yeah. yes. because Yeah, no, I would, it wasn't to enjoy it, but like, <laughs> hey, I want to watch a movie. Nothing else is good. All right, I'll watch Star Trek again. Um, <laughs> that, that one's not a great one. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. It's really not. Uh but I, I've seen, I'm trying to think of, I've seen some of the original series, but I don't even know if I've seen more than like half an episode each of Deep Space Nine or Enterprise or anything like that. Oh, or Voyager. Voyager is the other one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, I knew I could trust, count on you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to know the names of the series. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's the kind of service you get here at Random Track. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if you are interested in expanding your Star Trek viewing, uh, you can skip Enterprise uh, because it's not very good. Good to know. Uh, and people who are Enterprise, Enterprise fans are angry at me right now. But uh, you, you would, I would suggest either just rewatching. Next Generation, all the way through. Skip the first two right. seasons, though, because they're not very good. Uh, or <laughs> check out Deep Space Nine, because uh, that's my okay. favorite. Okay, good to know. And if you're good not interested you know. in expanding your viewing of Star Trek, don't do any of that. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm always, I do a lot of busy work on my computer, and a lot of it can be boring. So I tend to always have something running on the other screen. And 
when I finish my rewatch of Outlander, I will oh. probably watch uh, Star Trek. And I may finish because I think in my rewatch, quote unquote rewatch, in that really I've seen bits and pieces of all of them, but sitting down and watching episodes in chronological order, I'm in the middle of season two of Next Generation. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll finish that out and then I'll try Deep Space Nine because you said so. Because I said so. That's right. I was trying to think about how I was going to say, well, Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation and Outlander are very similar, but they're really not. Uh, (laughs) So I can't. I mean, one could write like a treatise about how similar they are. If you needed to. Um, I'm sure a case could be made, but I cannot. There's some time travel, so that's it. And they're character driven, I suppose. So I would say that. Uh, But I think that's there's a lot more romance uh, in Outlander than uh, TNG. Um, A lot more nakedness, which was a comment about this episode in particular, Mm, actually, that we watched. We may have seen Um, a little naked data, uh, but we didn't. (laughs) I know. And I was... (laughs) Not necessarily disappointed, but I was surprised. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because it's, you know, it's older and it was cable and like, Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to be. But I was, I was intrigued. I feel like the decision that they made. If they, if they were making the next generation today, we totally would have seen a little data butt in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Or a chest. Or a chest, yes. We don't even see... That's true. So the episode we're going to talk about, let's just segue into that now. Oh, yeah, probably we're a good idea. <laughs> talking about a naked data, so we might as well. Uh, it's The Most Toys, Season 3, Episode 22, uh, or The One. So it's interesting. The main char- the character that comes out of this episode, I have in my head a pronunciation, but they do not pronounce in the episode the way I think they should. Uh, and I can't even force myself to pronounce it the way they do. Uh, so I call him Kivis Fejo, but that is not what they say in the episode. And I can't even think of yes. what they say. <laughs> I think they say Fajo. Kivis Fajo, something like that. Yes. I don't agree with that. <laughs> but clearly I'm wrong, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. I can't fight that fight. Uh, but this is the episode where uh, that guy, Kivis Fajo, uh, is a collector. And he basically steals data and adds him to his collection. Uh, and he wants Data to not wear his uniform, uh, and so he he tries to cajole him into uh, wearing a different uniform, and he says basically, well, he throws acid on Data at some point, with not really acid, yes. but like a, I guess, a Starfleet uniform dissolving liquid? I don't know. Right. A magical <laughs> uh, liquid that only takes away, like, fabric yeah, it's, of sorts. And it doesn't work like, very quickly. Uh, yes, which is weird. Which so. is why, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, had the synopsis um, open at the same time, um, so I could kind of like be able to write down what people's names were and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I read through the synopsis, and it was talking about Fajo throwing, you know, having this liquid that would eat away the material. And I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna see, you know, naked data, and it was just like. Slowly eating away, and apparently the Starfleet uniforms are like 13 layers thick (laughs) and like this really intricate weave between the layers because as it's eating away, it it looks... I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. It's 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 very interesting. It's it's weird. Uh, It looks like it's kind of like a giant burnt mark. That's then I don't know. It's 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 strange. But yeah, we don't for people hoping 
and who haven't seen this episode, <laughs> hoping to catch a glimpse of some part of data that we don't normally see, whatever part that is, uh, <laughs> we don't see any anything other well, than... And this brings up another question. Does data have nipples and a belly button? <laughs> well, as well as other parts? I, but like, I don't know if he has nipples or a belly button, but we do know that he is fully functional. Uh, okay, good to know. And he, he has many... Uh, it, so in this episode, also, they think that data's dead. Uh, we'll get to right. it. And so there's a lot of scenes. Well, maybe not a lot of scenes, but one particular <laughs> scene of Jordy and Wes kind of going through data's stuff and being sad. Uh, and they find a little holographic projection of Tasha Yar. And, that's right. Uh, that's where we find out. That's, there is an episode in which Data and Tasha uh, find out. Well, I guess Data knew. But Tasha finds out that he is, in fact, fully functional. Fully functioning. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> yes. But we don't. All right. That's, that's in between my where I stopped at my rewatch <laughs> and this episode. So well, good to know. Yeah, somewhere you, in there. You can, you can look forward <laughs> to that. Uh, but, yes. yeah, but we don't know. The jury is out. People, write in if you think Data has <laughs> nipples and a belly button. Because really, he doesn't need either right. of them. <laughs> like, I can, I, can see, I can see the goal of having him be fully functioning. Like, mm-hmm. because he's an android, but he's human. But nipples and belly buttons don't have, like, actual purpose for anything, really, for males. Right. And so, especially the belly button. So, yeah. That'd be yeah, interesting. But we don't know because uh, this was filmed, this this aired 1990, so they did not want to shock us, I suppose, with a, yes. a bare-chested data. Uh, well, and I'm very thankful because my parents probably would have stopped letting me watch because <laughs> it would come on TV. and Because I, I very distinctly remember the, uh, the music mm-hmm. and, like, the opening credits. Like, that is as innate in my growing up period as M.A.S.H.'s credits and flying object Mm -hmm. because they were very similar. So um, both of those were things that I remember watching. Not really watching, but being in the same room with them (laughs) while my parents watched them. (laughs) I I have that same reaction to the MASH theme, but I do not. And this is, here's a controversial or maybe not so controversial uh, statement about MASH. I don't think it's very good. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's fine. It's, All right, we're done. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I always thought of it, and maybe I, I always think of it as a comedy, right? So I think, yes. oh, it should be super funny. Uh, but it's usually just sad, and I don't understand. Well, and it's, you know, it's the original existence of, like, a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, through the seasons, they um, used the laugh track less and less. Um, And there were particular, like, because when it was made, it was very, like, they wouldn't take out the laugh track at all. Like, they had to have a laugh track because they had to tell the audiences when it's appropriate to laugh. Um, (laughs) Never, because it's a super sad show. Right? Right? It's really sad. But then, you know, I am also a huge fan of Law & Order SVU, which is also a super sad show. Wait, is that supposed to be a comedy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, okay. it's not. But super, basically saying super sad shows are shows that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to have the humor, but the acting is fantastic. Alan Alda is right up there with um, Patrick Stewart for old man heart love <laughs> type person. Yeah, um, I should, I will, I will amend my statement and say that I don't think it's very good because I always think of it as a sitcom. 
Right. And it's definitely not it a sitcom. It is not a sitcom. Uh, it is not a sitcom. And so every time I watch it, I always think, oh, right, this is not a sitcom. Although it's something, you know, yeah. like Clinger and Address and all that stuff. So I guess that's... Right. Uh, but I don't... Anyway. Uh, we're not talking about MASH. People are like, stay on topic, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah topics are hard. It is. They are, they're <laughs> tough. Uh, so this episode... Did you have any memory of seeing this episode before you watched it uh, for this? I did not. Ah. Um, I don't remember any any for any any of it. Um, although I am very thankful that I did read the synopsis beforehand because otherwise I would have been traumatized by Data's death, right? <laughs> like within the first five minutes. Yes, uh, and may have rage quit, but <laughs> that I was like, oh no, he's not actually dead. We're okay. He's not and it's dead. not Game of Thrones, so that's right. You know, he would actually be dead, but still, like it is kind of traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, this is basically the setup is oh, Data's on some random ship, we don't know anything about it, and he's on a little shuttle pod, and he's getting ready to fly back to the Enterprise to deliver some substance because some colony is having some kind of tragic uh, eco problem. Water. Thing. Thing. Yeah, they need to go and shoot a photon torpedo at, apparently, <laughs> which they do later. Very strange, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was interesting. <laughs> well, we'll come to that scene, because I want to talk about that. But, yes. uh, yeah, so then Data, he's like, oh, uh, hey, what's up, Enterprise? I'm coming over. And they're like, great, this is the last run, and then we can go off and be happy. Uh, and along comes Data... Uh, but we, before we see, they we don't see this, but we – well, no, we do. They don't. The people on the Enterprise don't see this. But we right. see uh, people on the ship that Data's on say, oh, hey, Data, before you go, we need your thumbprint on this uh, little thingy. Uh, so he puts his thumbprint on and, oh, no, he's uh, paralyzed. Right. Now, we assume – we don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe they're kidnapping him. Maybe they just want to paralyze him. Who knows? Uh, but then they cut to the shuttlecraft, him – Kind of, you know, telephone to the Enterprise and saying, I'm coming. Shuttlecraft comes along. Uh, and in a weird, so I knew some, well, A, I've seen this episode before, but, uh, <laughs> so I knew it was going to happen. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you can, as you're, as you're watching shows and you, you notice that they are stressing something that they never stress, like Shuttlecraft come to the Enterprise all the time. And they never right. show, like, you know, Geordi continually scanning it and saying everything looks fine. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so he, in this episode, he is continually scanning the shuttlecraft and you think, well, something's going to happen. Uh, and something does happen. It blows up. <laughs> right. And everybody's super sad because they assume data has been blown up. Uh, and yeah. an, an interesting choice. They have, everybody's kind of shocked. And the only person who has an audible reaction is Worf. And he says, oh, no, data or something like that. Yeah. I thought that was also very odd. Um, and then not too long after that is when Picard is very angry and he's got, you know, the facial expression and the vein popping and like, mm -hmm. and I was trying to remember in my limited watching uh, if I had ever seen him like actually angry because he usually keeps control of his temper from what I remember. And so like having him be as angry as, he seemed to be was really surprising to me but you know they killed data so understandably so <laughs> yeah you should be a little angry uh, picard i always feel like he's the dad of the enterprise and so he's never yes. angry he's just disappointed disappointed <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then yes you just I feel agree. like a thousand times worse <laughs> yes <laughs> because you let him because down because you don't yeah you don't want to disappoint picard that's right 
He'll look at you with those sad eyes. <laughs> and he won't give you uh, a fine leather-bound uh, tome of Shakespeare. Right. This episode of Random Trek is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Casper is quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars in those reviews. Now, you probably know what Casper is already. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's got supportive memory foams that create an award-winning sleep surface. Not just a mattress, it's a sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. The best thing of all is that you can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. And if you don't love it, and I think you will, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Because Casper, they understand the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. If only you could try other things before you commit like that. Now, free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. And we've got, just because you are a listener of Random Trek, you will be able to save 50% off of any mattress purchased by visiting www.casper.com slash trek and using the offer code TREK. Terms and conditions apply. My thanks to Casper. Uh, so yeah, Data's dead, but spoiler alert, he's not, not really, really dead. dead. He's fine, uh, but he's he's not fine because he's a captive in this right. kind of weird collection uh, room that uh, Mr. Fajo has with this... I, I, I don't know how to describe the couch that's in the middle of it. <laughs> it's kind of like a circle seashell like uh canoodling couch oh, like yes. separated little sections well i guess there's two sections one is bigger and one is like a canoodling couch that's just for like two people that's separate from other people i i don't know it's i i'm sure it's meant to be an artistic like art mm-hmm. piece because that's what he does yes. um I thought the room was very empty for someone that is this famed collector. <laughs> it is true. It's a rather sparse collection. Maybe this is just his his favorites. That could be. And he likes. I believe that more. Uh, yeah, because he doesn't have a lot. He has some orange vase he talks about and some ugly sculpture and a uh, baseball card, uh, which was, I think, the funniest which thing. <laughs> still has the bubblegum scent. <laughs> That's right. Although my favorite thing is when he's, he's showing data, this different stuff, and he's showing him the vase, and then he has uh, the, the Dolly Persistence of Time uh, painting. Persistence of, yeah, of, isn't of it? Persistence of Memory, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, you know, this iconic masterpiece uh, and he goes, oh, and Dolly, and then continues on yeah. with his baseball card. <laughs> He's like, that's a Dolly. And then <laughs> and goes on to the adorable little lapling little oh, yeah, the creature. Puppet that he has. Is, yes. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, da-da-da-da-da. He, he's very proud of his pieces, but mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot. So I'm, I am I like the idea of it being just his special, extra special, like, restricted access only type place as yeah. opposed to this is his whole collection. Yeah, I feel so, like yeah, this definitely is not. his vault or something because later he brings a, a fellow collector uh, yes. who is talking about how he has gotten some some artifact. I can't remember what they call it. And uh Joe says, oh, I have five of them, uh, which right. leads me to believe somewhere on the ship. I imagine this is only one room, and on this ship, the ship is probably 90% uh, 
rooms full of crap that he's collected right. and 10 percent <laughs> uh crew quarters living space and, yeah uh you know cargo <laughs> he's not uh, also, it makes me wonder who would work for this man but we'll get to that too <laughs> right he's not yeah. very nice no he's really not but you know it kind of makes sense uh, when you hear a little bit of what's her name varia oh yes. is that her name mm-hmm. uh varia's like history he's she's been with her for she's been with him for so long and like makes a comment, something like uh, he praises you lavishly, but also punishes lavishly or something. Yes. And then she like, know she, she strokes her chin and you notice, Oh, she has a scar on her face. Yeah. So, because which her- can we talk about the facial prosthetics here? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I see what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's just make this a little bit different. Like, not full-on, like, uh, oh, my goodness. What is Worf? Uh, he is a Klingon. Klingon, thank you. Wow, Klingon. that See? was like... I can identify Worf. Uh, you know, See? I'm a real Star Trek fan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, he He's not full-on, like, Klingon, like, facial prosthetics. But they're, the color of Varya's in particular doesn't match the rest of her skin, which kept distracting me because it's so <laughs> pale that I just kept going, okay, nope, it's very obviously makeup, which, you know, I get it. It's not high budget, mm-hmm. you know, especially compared with things that come out now. Like, it, but Fajo's little under the nose little thing was blended well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why those choices were made. <laughs> But I, I found them very distracting. <laughs> I think it might, you know, Star Trek uh, TNG, they did this thing where they remastered it in HD, uh, which so it looks great. Uh, but one of the problems is that it was never when they were doing it, they never thought about HD because right. HD wasn't a thing. And so I okay, think it, that it brings be. to light some things that they never thought anyone would see. I can I can I can. OK, I will give them that. They're so. allowed to continue like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can see in some scenes, you can see like they hold up props and things that look right. fine uh, in SD. But then if you're watching it in HD, they're clearly props. Um, right. Which, I mean, obviously, Very you know obviously. they are. But uh, And also yeah. you can see that in some episodes, you can see like handprints on glass and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not quite as much of a disaster as the original series. Uh, when it comes to this, that is like true. props and special effects and things. Um, and also, I wanted to make a comment on how much more I like uh, these uniforms versus the earlier seasons. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Third season. The next they generation. Have new, episode, uh, new uniforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still like uh, t- tailored very well without being like... Uh, let's show off everyone's body, whether we should <laughs> whether or you, not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was that was well done. Good job, Star Trek. Well Hooray. played. <laughs> well, this is what I've said. I'm I'm not a cosplayer, but if I were, I would never be cosplay as a Starfleet officer because those uniforms are not very kind. Uh, yes. To anyone, really, unless no. you know you're look good in anything. But um, yeah, well, but even like people that look really good in anything, it doesn't really look good in <laughs> no, that. They're not good. No. Uh, no. Kivis Fajo Fajo has an interesting fashion sense. 
<laughs> yes. Really am liking I so I drew a picture of like the particular outline of the outfits that Fajo and Varia and then they stick data in because the the pants in particular were very interesting with their gigantic like baggy thigh mm-hmm. area saddlebags almost uh that went down to like leggings and then you have these soft like short boots and then the top part either goes all the way up or it's like a random cut that then has a really thin stretchy like top material it just i, I mean it looked comfortable <laughs> we'll say that well, there you go and if you're if you're Fajo, you get to wear a, a little hat Yes, which, let's be honest, who doesn't love a fancy little hat? No, Hats I, make everything. He pulls it off. And he, his character is kind of impish, so I feel like the little hat works well. Like, he's so excited uh, yes. to have kidnapped Data. <laughs> right, until he turns into a jerk. Right. Like, But you you know he's supposed to be creepy. I mean, he's got the pinky rings, and that right there. Yeah, like, that's true. Don't trust don't all trust. the warning signs. It's not good. So he's he's not a he he he's very excited to to. I really like when he's you know first sees Data and he's basically talking to uh, what's her name Varia uh, and pretending Data is just like an object. Right. And he's so excited, and then Data talks, and he's like, "Oh, the voice uh, emulation." Uh, and the, <laughs> the thing I really like is when he snaps his fingers uh, yes. to get Data to track them. And I thought that's just fantastic. And when he like chooses his his speech patterns, like older people tend to do with uh, someone uh, that may not yes. be a natural English speaker, mm-hmm. he <laughs> because starts- he's 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 worked with AI before. That probably had to have, I mean, let's be honest, anytime we try and talk to Siri, like, Mm -hmm. you have very particular speech patterns and choices of words and to make things understood. And so then Data comes back with his full-on, you know, eloquence, and he's just, like, giddy with excitement that (laughs) this android is as awesome as he is. That's right. He's like, woo, you're a great collector. Uh, uh, you know, addition to my collection. Uh, yes. And there's that where he's like, "Oh, am I? Can, would you mind if I call you Data?" And Data's like, uh, "That's my name, so <laughs> you should call me that." Yes, sassy Data is sassy. Yes, he is very sassy, and he says basically he he is not interested in being part of Kivis Fajo's collection because he's a sentient being and he's a Starfleet officer and he's just been kidnapped, so he shouldn't be. Uh, right. So his first reaction is, "Well, I'm going to escape." So he tries to escape uh, and fails. He can't open the door. Uh, and then he says, well, I'll just beat up uh, Kivis Facho. Right. <laughs> Which makes uh, logical sense. Uh, but sadly, he has a little force field around him, so he can't. Yes. Data so it didn't is work. Thwarted. The fancy little belt fanny yes. pack. <laughs> He's got his force it. field fanny pack. Yes. Uh, which everybody <laughs> should have. Uh, but one imagines if you go about the galaxy stealing precious objects, you should really have one. Right. I, I agree. Uh, if you're not going to have, like, full-on armed guards around you at all time, it's the second best thing. That's true. And he strikes me as the kind of guy who uh, wants to make a show of not needing armed guards. Yes. Uh, and so he could just, like, you know, show up and he's untouchable. That's how powerful he is. Uh, and so he's he has this thing. Uh, yes. And so basically this episode is, is in two parts. Uh, Data dealing with his captivity and then everybody on the Enterprise thinking Data's dead. Um, except for Jordy, 
uh, Jordy. Right. Jordy knows something's up. And so we have a couple of scenes. Well, of he mo- starts out, though. He starts out, though, thinking that he's dead when That's they're going true. through the room and stuff before he falls asleep and has the nightmare of figuring out ama- amazingly what 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 was bothering him. Wrong. What yes. was bothering him. Yeah. And so there are some nice scenes where people are sad because Data's dead, although nobody seems as sad as I would think they would be. But right. <laughs> maybe they don't really like, like Data. I don't know. <laughs> or Or they realize, oh, we could just build another one <laughs> like at although, what point although uh Worf and Deanna Troy had their oh, interaction I did like that. yeah where she's like making sure that Worf's okay because not only is he replacing data but he replaced someone else that also died in the past and so like mm-hmm. making sure that Worf is okay even though he's a klingon so of course he's okay but not really like I, I found it very interesting because, um, again, I kind of sort of know Klingon things and kind of <laughs> sort of remember mm-hmm. things and stuff. And uh, so I, I vaguely remember the Worf isn't full-on Klingon-y Klingon. Right. Well, he's full Klingon, but he was raised by well, humans. I, so uh, Yes. Uh, I mean, not the epitome of Klingon society that's right and he, relationships and things exactly but he tries to be as the, the most klingon-y klingon ever right, uh, and right. so to diana when diana's like well you know i'm just checking with you because the last time you were promoted was because somebody died and now you're promoted and it was because somebody died uh <laughs> and that might have an effect on somebody i don't know you know i'm a counselor it's what i do uh right and he's like that's how klingon that's how klingon ships work it's fine and she's like well this is not a klingon ship and like well yeah that's true <laughs> yeah but but no it's fine it's I'm fine. still fine i'm fine totally fine yeah and it's yeah, clear I that he's that not was interesting but <laughs> and it could be this thing where you know starfleet they think of themselves as explorers and they are but it is a military operation and people right you kind of lose people in the course of things and you have to kind of go on with the mission uh and kind of compartmentalize your grief so that you can actually perform and there's that great scene where after Jordy and Wes have basically gone through uh, Data's <laughs> All belongings. Of Data's processions. <laughs> uh, which, you know, you have to do. Uh, but I did think it was weird that they then decide, well, let's just give him back to the people who gave them to Data. I don't know what what you should do. But anyway, they decide, let's take this book that Captain Picard gave him and give it back to Captain right. Picard. Uh, and so they do that. Uh, and then Captain Picard and Riker are in his ready room with Jordy, and Jordy's basically saying, something's not right. Uh, and and Riker's like, oh, maybe you should take a nap. <laughs> right. Because right. he read the script and he knew what would happen. Right. He's like, everything's fine. Data's a main character, dude. They can't kill him off. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but Jordy's very upset. Uh, and, and Captain Picard is like, you know, I will fully, as the good leader that he is, he says, I will fully support you looking into this as much as you want because, you know, Data's important to all of us. But we do have a mission, and I expect right. you to be fully, you know, aware and rested for the mission. So maybe you should rest up and come back to this, uh, because we do have to save these people by shooting at their planet. <laughs> right. To make the magical water work. Exactly, because it all checks like out. <laughs> some sort of filtration system. <laughs> that When they sh- end up shooting it, it goes so fast that they're all surprised and exactly. they're all shocked. And then they have to beam and- down anyway. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> right. They shoot at the planet, but they oh, because it takes so much to do the magical transport that like we can't. 
do it to inject. I, yeah. Doesn't make any I don't sense. Know. Uh, no. Jordy takes a nap. He figures out what was wrong. Data didn't say the thing that he always says. He doesn't fully, you know, in the recording, he didn't fully do to the letter what he is supposed to do. So something's up. Uh, but before they go check that out, they shoot at this planet. Uh, <laughs> it clears up faster than they think. So they beam down to check it out. And uh, Riker takes Worf and Dr. Crusher with him. They uh, scan like a crystal. <laughs> I don't know what's going on down there. Uh, magic. It's magic. It's magic. Don't and, question it. And Dr. Crusher is like, well, this is weird. I don't know why this is happening. Uh, and and Riker says, well, give me some you know, uh, theories. And she says, well, I suppose someone could have, you know, poisoned this with this particular substance. Uh, but that would be weird because there's this other substance. Only this other substance can uh, cure it. And then Riker says, ah, but that dude that we met was the only person that had that substance. And he puts two and two together. And it's turned out that uh, Fajo is uh, not only uh, a kleptomaniac, but he is willing to poison a whole planet to set up right. this elaborate thing Scheme to, to, to steal get data. The, the, yeah. Which, I mean, let's be honest, if your main like identity self-identification is this master collector that's going to collect all of the really cool things, you're going to do whatever it takes to get the really cool android it's true. that is like a human. So, you know, I can, I can, I believe it. I, I, I believe it. And, uh, and then finally, uh, uh, what's her face? Varius? Varus? Yeah. She's had enough. Yeah, Varia? Varia. Varia, I think. Uh, because, what, so Kivis Vejo has this special uh, weapon that uh, has been outlawed and will cause people great pain. And he really wants Data to sit in a chair. And Data will not sit in this chair, no matter what. Uh, and he will also would not uh, entertain the guest that Kivis brought along. Uh, right. And so Kivis is like, you are going to do what I tell you to do. Uh, and I know I can't threaten you. And Data's like, well, you're not going to destroy me with that fancy weapon because I am worth too much. And he's like, right. oh, you're right. But let me call in my longtime assistant and threaten to kill her. <laughs> uh, which and works. He, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> the next cut, it cuts scene uh, over to him sitting in the chair. That's uh, right. He's an effective manager, then, that Kivas fan show. Right. It works. Well, and then I love when the guest, the visitor comes in and is all whatever his facial oh, with the, options. The, yeah. And his big like, nostrils and the weird golden thing that's going into his nose. Yep. You know, cool. Whatever, hey, I'm whatever not works for you. It's, yeah, it's a no look. judgment at all. Uh, comes in and, and data uh, pretends to be like stupid and uh, just a plain android and ends up falling over onto the couch. And I was just like, that poor actor. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a stunt like, actor. Like, well, of course, but the poor stunt actor has to fall face, face first mm -hmm. onto this couch and land on the ground, which, like, you know how to do it, but, like, has to, yeah. I, yeah, I was impressed with the acting. Yeah, it was good. That's a good scene. And that's when, I think that's the final straw. And that's when, after that, he brings out his, what, T, variant T or something. So basically, this, this phaser that uh, is slow acting and incredibly painful when he shoots it. And, and he has four of the five, only five that have been made. And he's always wanted to sh use it. Uh, and so he threatens to kill his assistant. Data sits down in the chair. Uh, and, you know, that's the point at which I think, what's her name? Varia. 
uh, decides Realizes, maybe yeah. yeah yeah maybe I shouldn't work for this guy. <laughs> maybe he doesn't care about me as much as he. I think that he does as an employer. <laughs> That's right. Which legit. Yeah. Uh, especially so- because. Uh, let, let's just say shenanigans happen when they try and escape. Yes. And uh, they're so close. They're very close. They they almost get, she. so she springs. She basically says, okay, Data, uh, if I help you escape, will you take me with you? And he says, of course. And so off they go to this little tiny shuttlecraft that is uh, on the loading dock or something. I don't know where it is. Sure. And Loading dock. Why not? Uh, she has to do a thing that causes an alarm, and she warns Data, and so she does it. And then some ineffectual guys run in to try and stop them, and Data handily beats them up and throws them across the loading dock, basically. Yep. Uh, but then, oh no! <sighs> Fajo appears, and he's armed. Uh, and long story short, he kills uh, Varia uh, in the most painful way possible. And it looks pretty painful and gruesome. Yep. Uh, which is always a little shocking when you see that on Star Trek The Next Generation because you're not expecting yeah. it, and then all of a sudden a woman is disintegrating in front of your eyes. Right, especially because they don't show nakedness. Right. No naked data, but they'll show this horrible death. <laughs> like, it's, it's not good. Uh, no. It's so bad. So Kivis Fajo is a bad guy. We know this at this point, but yes. he's not really, uh, like, he's not a tough guy. He's a bad guy. Uh, and so yeah. he clearly is horrified by what he's done. And he drops the the weapon, uh, and Data picks it up because you know what he could do. Control. Uh, and and Phaedra's like, well, we both know Data. You're not going to shoot that. You're just going to go back, sit on your chair, do what I tell you. Uh, right. And Data has this this crisis, this moment of crisis when he well, re- and especially because earlier too, they talked about uh, Fajo talked to Data about if he's ever killed anybody, mm-hmm. um, and like this whole like. Uh, human humanity crisis, mental thing that is making Data think, and Fajo's trying to understand him a little bit too. And so when he has control of this gun and knows that Fajo is such a bad guy, like you can just see it on his face. It's just like, how human is he going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was. Especially when he gets, because of course, the Enterprise shows up <laughs> mm-hmm. just in time. Just in the nick of time. Uh, but they they mention that the weapon has been discharged. Right. So yeah. Data was going to shoot him. They beam him like, over and they say, you know, Chief O'Brien says, oh, hmm, there's a, the, the transporter detects a, a weapon. Uh, and you think, well, yeah, he was holding a weapon. That makes sense. Uh, and right. then we get this little tidbit that it's been discharged. Uh, and then da- Data shows up. He Chief O'Brien disables the weapon because he's really good at transporting people. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think Riker says, uh, Data, the weapon was discharging. Uh, and Data like pauses for a second and says, oh, uh, something must have happened during transport. Yes. And you think, no, Data, you were going to kill Kivis Fajo. You were going to kill, <laughs> using the the worst way possible in the entire world. Like, yeah, I thought, uh, very interesting, you know, great character development in this mm-hmm. episode for Data. Yes, that's a fact. Uh, I mean, it, it, just getting that scene and the scene with, uh, so he doesn't die, but Data says, you know, we need to arrest him. And Riker's like, we already have. 
Uh, and so then the end of the episode is Kivis uh, Fajo is in the brig and Data visits him. And Kivis is like, oh, you're just here to kind of lord over the fact that now I'm the one that's, you know, in captivity. Uh, and Data says, well, I don't have any emotions, so I'm just here to tell you. I am only an android. <laughs> yeah, I'm just an android, which is what he, what Kivis had said to him earlier, uh, which is fantastic. And really, Data came there to tell him specifically, oh, by the way, uh, sure, you got caught and you're in jail. You don't really care about that. Uh, but your entire collection... Uh, we, we're, we're giving it back to the people you stole it from. <laughs> yeah. And his face just was like traumatized. Like, mm-hmm. do whatever you want with me, but don't mess with the collection. That's right. That's why I live for my collection. Um, yes. So, so, and that's the end of the episode. Well, what did you think of this episode, Kathy? I thought it was really, really, I mean, just having a huge jump in data as a character uh, from the little that I had seen before. Um, I could tell that this just was a really poignant episode. It wasn't just a throwaway. Um, They had put a lot of thought and choices into everything that happened. Um, And it really showed the, the whole crew, you know, caring about data, but not really, but, they did because they couldn't get too emotional because they're still working. So like it really built on that foundation, but overall data as a character where his humanity starts and where he's no longer an Android. I thought it was really interesting. And I was so glad that this was the episode that I got to watch. Yeah. You, you lucked out. This is a really good episode. This is an episode uh, that I enjoy greatly. I think that um, the actor who plays uh, Kivis Fajo does a great job. Varia is an interesting character. Um, And data uh, data is one of my favorite characters in this episode, as you said, already moves his character forward so much. Uh, and, and, And just like, it's not, like the the moments that happen are important, but they're not like these grand, overly dramatic moments. Uh, right. It's like you know you, he's really thinking about the, well the shooting Kivas Fedro that was kind of dramatic, but the right. the the right. last part where he's like oh your collection has been uh, disbanded uh, is also I think equally as important as that moment when he shoots, uh, and it's not like overly done. So I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they made some really uh, strong choices for. Uh, like how far they would go uh, with the characters and the lines and whoever wrote the episode did, did an amazing writing job um, in those choices. And yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was sh- really good. Sherry Goodhart's the internet tells me wrote this episode. Well, so. Good job, Sherry. That's right. Well done from random person on the internet. <laughs> number 426. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and while we're dispensing thank yous, thank you, Kathy, for joining me and talking about this episode. Thank you much, so much, Scott, for inviting me. My pleasure. Peace out. Live long and prosper. <laughs>